Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. I have a fantastic uh, woman joining us this morning as my guest. Her name is Ilsa Shenyu, and she is the admissions manager at the International School of Arizona in Scottsdale. Welcome, Ilsa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm really excited to have you on the show today because you do something really unique. Um, Not every school does what you do. And so um, I'd love to chat with you a little bit about the International School of Arizona. But before we do that, I want to know more about you. I'd like our listeners uh, to have a better sense of who you are. Um, Would you mind sharing a little bit about your educational background and and anything personal that you might want to share with us? Sure, sure. So um, like you said, my name is Ilse Chagno. I actually have a French last name. Um, so going back a couple of generations, um, I come from, from French who um, emigrated um, to the Netherlands. So I was born in the Netherlands. My parents are Dutch, um, grew up there for several years. And then my father's job took us around the world. So we lived in the United States for a while um, and then moved to Germany and Switzerland when I was a teenager. Um, and from there, I, um, you know, went to the international school in Geneva, Switzerland. And after I graduated from there, I went off to college. I went to a U.S. college um, that had campuses in the Netherlands and in Boston. So traveled back to the Netherlands, back to the U.S. Um, once I had graduated, I moved back to Switzerland because that's where um, my parents were. And that, that's what that felt like home. Out of all the country I'd lived in, I'd lived there the longest. So I moved back to Switzerland um, and found my first job. Um, working in the min- in the music industry, actually. Um, and I had a, a bachelor's in mass communication. So I was interested in marketing communication. So found a job in that area. Um, and then I met my husband and um, we lived in Switzerland for many years. I um, moved um, to different companies, always in roles of marketing and communications and PR. Um, and then eventually my husband's job took us to France. Uh, so we lived in France for many years um, that's where I first got my experience in education. I taught English in the local French school for a couple of years, um, started as a volunteer, um, and then um, the uh, school director um, gave me um, advice and taught me how to run a class. And so really, I learned from, um, from experience and practice. And so taught English for a couple of years in, in an elementary school, which I absolutely loved um, and then my husband's job brought us back to Switzerland again and subsequently here. So we've been in Arizona for four years now. Um, I have two teenagers. Um, one is actually a, a young adult. He started at Arizona State University. So he's a freshman in college. And then my daughter is in high school and she's actually doing the international baccalaureate program. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. So I, you know, I grew up in several countries. Um, I speak four languages. And, um, you know, my, my professional experience, like I said, I started in marketing communications, but then moved into education. Um, before we came to um, Arizona, I worked at the International School um, GEMS, uh, GEMS World Academy in Switzerland. Um, and my role there was um, admissions as well as parent relations. 
Um, so I now have you know, a number of, uh, of years experience working in admissions and working in international schools, um, you know, IB, as well as uh, our school here, which is um, at language immersion. Absolutely wonderful background. Um, so just to back up a little bit, you, you went through your background very quickly. <laughs> and I want to back up just a tad bit. Can you tell us what languages you speak? Sure. So my mother tongue is Dutch. Um, and then my second language, which I would consider almost a mother tongue, is English. Um, and then I speak French fluently and German. And I'm learning Very Spanish nice. now. Very <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah, one of my, yeah, one of my, uh, one of my colleagues who's a, a teacher here in middle school, she's from Spain, and she has opened up a little language class for um, some of us, some of our uh, French or Eng- American-speaking, English-speaking colleagues. So we're, we're taking Spanish lessons now. So at what ages did you learn the languages that you now know? So I started, obviously, I, I grew up speaking Dutch. So that was the first language. When we moved to the States, I was five years old and um, we arrived there and I was put into a kindergarten class and didn't speak a word of English, um, but, you know, was fully immersed and um, learned very quickly that way. So that's when I learned to speak English. Um, then we came back to the Netherlands. So I was back in a Dutch environment. Then at the age of 13, we moved to Germany and um, the town we moved to didn't have any international schools. I think my my parents would, their preference was for my brother and myself to go to an international school at this point, um, because, you know, at 13 years old, transitioning from any place, even if it's within the same country, is quite hard. You have to leave your friends behind, you know, it's it's a bit of a critical age, but there was no international school in that area. So we were put into local German schools. Um, and um, I remember this very well because I was 13 and uh, the first day in class, I, I sat there and Dutch and German are quite close. So I was getting the context of things, but not, of course, not understanding every word and certainly not able to reply. Um, so we had, my brother and I had weekly tutoring on the side and, um, and I remember it took about three to six months. And I think after six months, uh, we were speaking German and, um, after two years in Germany, we were so fluent that people actually thought we were German, like our accents were gone and it was so, it, it went pretty quick. And then, so at age of 15, when I was comfortable in Germany and comfortable in the language, um, my father came home and said, right, we're moving again. <laughs> so we time uh, to learn a new language. Yeah. Yeah. We're moving again. And of course, you know, I was like, no, but um, this time we went to Switzerland and there they do have plenty of international schools, thankfully. So this time my brother and I uh, went to an international school. So we went back into English speaking education. And of course, I remembered some English, but, you know, I'd learned it when I was five years old and hadn't practiced it that much. So it was a little bit of a, of a new experience again and, and just getting used to, you know, learning and speaking and, and listening and, and reading and writing and all that. So there was a little bit of catching up to do because I, I think I arrived at the end of ninth grade. So, um, you know, basically high school. But again, a couple of months into it, you know. It all came back. It was all stored in my brain somewhere and it all came back. Well, I think that's the beauty of languages is, well, the beautiful thing about everything is we, we keep it. When people think information leaves us. It doesn't. It just, it's, it's stored in there somewhere. Yes. <laughs> you just have to retrieve it. Um, yes. So you don't really actually lose anything that you've learned, which I, I find just absolutely fascinating. 
mm-hmm, but that's sure. just me. Mm-hmm. Well, so one of the things that you, you mentioned is the International Baccalaureate Program, which I'm very fond of. Both my kids mm-hmm. went through that program, both ended up with scholarships because of that program. Um, I, I actually cannot promote that program enough. It's it's absolutely fabulous. So your your children go to that as well. So do you feel like that's been a benefit to them? Are they multilingual as well? Yes, absolutely. So, well, my, my son didn't do the IB program when we came to Arizona. Um, you know, we looked at several schools and at the time we just picked a we picked a U.S. or, you know, American schools for them. And the reason for that for us was um, they had done their whole education in French because they grew up in France and Switzerland. So they were completely fluent in French. Um, they spoke English because we always, uh, my husband's Welsh, so we speak English at home. So they knew English in terms of uh, listening and speaking. Um, they were pretty good at reading it as well, because I read a lot of English books with them when they were younger. However, their writing skills um, weren't very proficient yet because they'd never really done any schooling in English. So when we moved here four years ago, we decided um, that we wanted them in, in English. So we, so we didn't choose the school I work in now because we want them immersed in, in English. Um, so my son went to a um, Chaparral High School um, in Scottsdale and, um, and, and graduated from there. And when we first arrived, they both had to sit through um, uh, English proficiency test to see if their English was, um, if they needed any support. And my, my son miraculously passed the test and they were like, no, his English wow. is good enough, which was amazing considering he'd never really gone to school in English. Um, so he did really well. And then our daughter, who's younger, she did get um, three months of English support every morning for a couple of hours. Uh, really to focus on her her comprehension and writing skills. So she is the one now in the International Baccalaureate Program uh, at Desert Mountain High School. Um, I'm super happy with the program. Um, the quality of the teachers is great. I see what she does. I mean, yes, she has a lot of work. Yes, it's very demanding. Um, there's times where she's like, I'm not sure I can do this, but I know she can because, you know, she finished, uh, she's a, a sophomore and she graduated, you know, her freshman year, she finished the year with straight A's. So I know she's very capable. Um, so I, I encouraged her to do the IB because um, I'd learned about it. You know, after being here a couple of years, I learned which schools are offering what. So I encouraged her because um, her dream is to go back to Europe to study. And I know that with, a, with an international baccalaureate diploma, that, that chance is increased. Of course, um, un- uh, European universities look at that more favorably and it's it's more accepted worldwide. So I said to her, if you want to study anywhere in the world, getting this diploma will be a huge advantage. Absolutely. Well, I, I really appreciate you sharing your personal information and your your background. I, I think that really helps our, our listeners better understand why you are in the position that you're in. Um, so tell me a little bit about the International School of Arizona. Um, who do you serve? Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. So, um, so the so we are short for our school is ISA. So I'll pre, I'll just refer to our school as ISA. Um, we um, are a immersion bilingual immersion school, and we actually start at eighteen months old, and we go all the way through eighth grade. Um, so our two language programs that we offer are French and Spanish. Um, both those programs are accredited. So on the French side, we are accredited by the French Ministry of Education. 
Uh, we belong to the AEFE network, which is a network of um, French schools abroad. Um, there are in North America 50 plus schools and worldwide there are about 400 schools that belong to this network. It means that any student in a school within the network can move to another school within a network with no problems. We follow the same curriculum, the same program from France. Our materials come from France. Um, and that accreditation process is quite strict. Um, and we're going through a re-accreditation process right now. So there's a lot of evidence that we have to give um, and show that we are you know, following those French standards and the curriculum. Um, so that's on the French side. On the Spanish side, we are accredited by, it's called the Instituto Cervantes. So the Cervantes Institute which is affiliated with the Ministry of Education of Spain. Um, we are very proud that we are the only school in North America to have this accreditation. So our, and, and we were also voted uh, top three um, Spanish schools in North America last year. So um, our Spanish wow. program is very strong. It is very That's strong. Impressive. Yeah. And because of the accreditations, we're able to bring teachers over from Europe on uh, J-1 visas. So we have, uh, for example, this school year, we have five new teachers who came over, two from Spain and three from France. They stay with us anywhere from three to five years. The visas are three years and can be extended for two years. Um, and the, the beauty of that is that those teachers come with um, the latest and the greatest from you know, France and from Spain. And so when they have their meetings with the rest of the French or the Spanish team, they share all those experiences and ideas. And so there's just an influx of, of you know, new ideas for the curriculum and new projects that come in regularly because of these new teachers that join us. So that's something really special that we have in our school. Um, it also means that all our teachers are native speakers. So we have oh, on the French nice. side. Yes. So on the French side, our teachers are from France or Belgium. And on the Spanish side, of course, Spain, and then also uh, different countries in South America, as well as Mexico. Um, but we do teach the uh, Castellan Spanish. So it is the, the Spanish from Spain. Very nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that is interesting. Not everyone knows that there's a difference. Mm -hmm. What is the yes. difference? Can you explain that a little bit? Oof, um, I think the difference lies mainly in the accent as well as some of the words. Um, I often compare it to like the Dutch and the Flemish. So, you know, it is the same language, um, but we do have some different words for different things and we pronounce things a little bit differently. Well, it can be like English too. English in Arizona is different than English maybe in Mississippi. For sure. Or English. <laughs> Slightly in, different. Yeah. Or English in, in the UK, in Britain, you know, in England. Absolutely. To here. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, sure. So, Let's talk a little bit about language immersion. What mm -hmm. is it? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. Um, so I think in the past few years, there's been a, a, a larger demand for language exposure in general. I think, you know, studies are showing that knowing more than one language is very beneficial. And so there's been a stronger demand. So we see a lot of schools that are offering language classes, either um, as an as a after school or in addition or an elective um, but often these type of classes, the focus of the class is the language. So um, they're, they're focusing on teaching the language. So teaching Spanish or teaching German or teaching French. So it really is, is you know, the, the subject of instruction is the language. So that 
we refer to as language acquisition. You are learning the language. Language immersion is a little bit different. Language immersion is where you're really spending the whole day in that language and you're learning all the subjects in that language. So you're learning math, you're learning science, social studies, music, art, PE. It's all happening in that second language. And because of that, the teacher is naturally speaking in that second language. So even transitions between subjects are in the second language. So, you know, please get your books out. Please get your pen out. Please put your things away. Okay, everybody, it's time for recess. Let's line up. Okay, it's time for lunch. Get your lunch boxes. So the everyday language you would use is also in that second language. So students are learning to just live in that second language. And that's, that's really what immersion is about. So when a student lives in that environment during the day, um, do they lose their English language? Do they lose their, their mother tongue? No, <laughs> no, that's a myth. So that it really is a myth to think that learning another language will be confusing for a child or they will lose their mother tongue. Um, you know, the reality is that we live in Arizona, America. It is an English speaking environment. So anything outside of our school is English. Um, in addition to that, you know, we do teach English as well. So our, our pre-K classes, so 18 months to pre-K for four-year-old are full immersion. So the idea there is that really immerse the little ones completely. So they just learn that language, second language naturally, and they're, they're really in it. In kindergarten, we introduce English. So we start with four hours per week, and that increases to six hours per week. So in kindergarten, they're learning to read and write in either Spanish or French, but they're also learning to read and write in English. So we do focus on the English, and we do do assessments and make sure that you know all the students are meeting the national benchmark as if they were in an English-speaking school. Um, the, the mother tongue, if it's spoken at home, then the children will not forget it. They come home, they will speak English at home. They come to school, they'll speak the second language at school. And the, the, the learning of that second language happens very naturally in that sense. Very nice. Thank you. I, I, I think that's a really good um, bit of information. A lot of people just don't really know that you can learn two languages at the same time. They just... Mm -hmm. Don't know that. So or that's even great. Three. <laughs> or three or four or five or six or seven. I mean, my dad spoke seven. My daughter, I think, speaks five. And uh, my other daughter speaks two. So I am, yeah, my mom speaks, I think, three. So everyone in my family is multilingual also. So it's a, it's a really important thing. Um, how does, uh, so we talked a little bit about the difference between language acquisition and we talked uh, and immersion. Um, Let's talk a little bit about um, the benefits of bilingual education. Sure. What are the benefits? Mm -hmm. um, so th there are several benefits. And um, if, you, if you type in, any, in Google and you say benefits of bilingual or multilingual education, you will see a gazillion articles pop up and studies. So there, there have been a lot of studies done um, you know, by various universities and, and, and research organizations um, but the main things um, are the cognitive development. So um, cognitive development in children is their way of um, how they learn to think, how they learn to explore, how they learn to reason, problem solve, and use language. So this is a vital part of children's growth and development. Um, so having a bilingual setting or a bilingual education um, 
teaches them to switch between languages. And so it increases the ability of their brain to move from one area to the other. And therefore they have better um, focus and, and broader vision and are able to problem solve differently because they just have that ability to, to use their brain more, if you will. Well, absolutely. Well, I think it, it, it really goes into the executive function portion um, in that it helps them organize their thoughts better. I think it even might improve, if it improves focus, it probably improves yes. improves uh, processing speed as well, because yes. to go back and forth from one language to another, you have to think fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I love that um, this really lends itself to executive function and improving executive function. So thank you for sharing that. That's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, do you have? Go ahead. You were going to say yeah. something else. No, I was going to. I was going to add on to that. So yeah, as you mentioned, the focus. So that's definitely a, a huge advantage. Um, we see as well that in general, students in bilingual programs outperform those in monolingual programs. So even our students in English testing are doing as well or better than students who are just in a in an English speaking school. Um, you know, we do we do map testing starting in third grade. So we do assess our students, um, you know, in comparison with students across the United States who are in monolingual schools. Um, and we see that, you know, our students do do as well, if not much better. Um, so, so so there's that advantage as well. Um, and then overall, it actually increases understanding of language structures um, and just better performance in all other subjects. Um, I think it's your mindset becomes a little bit larger and you have a larger view on things. And a really great example of that is, so a bridge in German is feminine. I know we don't have the feminine masculine in the English language, but we do in a, a lot of other languages. So in German, a bridge is um, feminine and in Spanish, a bridge is masculine. So if you were to ask a Spanish person to describe a bridge, they will say it is, or it might be the other way around. Sorry if I'm getting it confused. But anyway, in the language where the bridge is masculine, if you ask that person to describe the bridge, they're going to say it is powerful, it is strong, um, you know, elegant. And so those adjectives are more linked to masculinity. You ask the person in the language where the bridge is feminine, um, they will say it's beautiful, um, you know, majestic, elegant, and they will use adjectives that are feminine. So if you have those two languages, your view when you look at a bridge will be much broader. So I, I like to give oh, that Oh, absolutely. Example. And I think that lends itself to better problem solving, you know, because you have more ability to see things in a different way. Mm-hmm. You're able to see things in, you know, both languages, you're able to see things more creatively. So I, I think it really lends itself to better executive function skills as well. Yeah. And I think part of that too is because, you know, you're not just learning that other language, but you're also learning the culture. So when you're really immersed in another language, you're also learning about that culture. Um, And we see that in our school here. I mean, our teachers, like I said, they are native speakers. They come from various countries across the world. So 
Yes, they are speaking French or Spanish to the children, but then they're also bringing with them their piece of culture. So we do a lot of activities around culture. We have like um, a week in the school year where we celebrate the Spanish language and we have another week where we celebrate the French language. And during those weeks, we will pick regions or a country um, and every class will work on an aspect of that region or country. So some classes might work on historical monuments of that class some might work on food, some might work on dance and songs, and then all the classes will visit and walk around and see what the other students have worked on. And so they're, you know, they're not just learning another language, they're actually learning a lot of cultural aspects as well that, you know, go with the language. And that broadens your mind as well, because, you know, if you're learning about different cultures and different traditions and celebrations, you know, for sure that opens your mind and gives you a perspective and helps you problem solve in different ways. Would you say that that's a major difference between language acquisition and immersion? I would think so. I mean, it depends how, you know, with language acquisition, like if you're learning a language every day for quite a while, then I imagine that language teacher will bring in some cultural aspects too. Um, But, you know, if you're learning a language once a week for an hour, the focus is going to be on vocabulary and grammar and spelling, you know, and, and you're not going to get that benefit of the, the immersion where, you know, you really are surrounded by, by language and culture. Absolutely. You know, I, I really appreciate you talking so much about um, everything right now. It's, it's really um, just really helpful. Uh, we're going to take a break here in just a couple minutes. And I would like you to talk a little bit about how somebody could get a hold of you or your school, should they want more information? Absolutely. Yes, with pleasure. I mean, we, I give personal tours. I'm happy to do Zoom meetings, phone calls, whatever is, you know, suits the family best. So um, anyone can give our school a call to set up a tour or a call with me. The phone number is 480-874-2326. Alternatively, you know, type in International School of Arizona in Google and we will pop up. Um, and, um, you know, anyone can email me as well, admissions at isaz.org. Thank you so much, Elsa. And, um, yeah, I really do appreciate everything. Um, so if, if you're looking to get in touch with me, um, you can go to my website, and that's executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Uh, while you're at my website, you can subscribe to our new magazine, Executive Function Magazine, which, by the way, just came out on the 10th. Um, So if you're looking for that first issue and you did not get on our mailing list, feel free to email me and I will be happy to send you a copy. That email is fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. If you are interested in advertising with either the radio or the magazine, um, feel free to give me a call as well. My number is 480-648-1122. And right now I'm offering free consultation. So if you're interested in a consultation and possibly working with me, um, you can either email me directly from the website or you can call me or email me directly at fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And once again, the website is executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Check out the YouTube channel that's on there as well. Um, And I think um, right now we have the uh, magazine the radio show and the coaching and the YouTube channel. So if you're interested in any of those, um, feel free to get in touch with me and um, 
I just want to do a quick shout out to those in China who are listening to us. I noticed that we have a rather high number of Chinese that listen to us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it is a pleasure to offer you um, the information that we do. If there's something specific that you're looking for, feel free to email me and let me know. And we'll be back after these messages. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Fazi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Fozzie works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fozzie, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Acosti or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hey, welcome back. Um, today we are speaking with Ilsa Shenyu. Um, she is the admissions manager at the International School of Arizona, and we are talking about the benefits of multilingual international education. So, welcome back, Elsa. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, we had a wonderful conversation before the break, and uh, I want to start the second half of our conversation talking about the myths. Uh, there are a lot of myths about um, multilingual education, and one of them is that, you know, kids get confused. Another one is that the mother tongue will um, maybe suffer if they're in a multilingual education program. Can you talk a little bit about that and explain to our listeners what that's all about? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So, um, like you mentioned, it's it's a myth. (laughs) And it really is a myth. Um, I I do, it does happen that I, you know, I have families um, coming to visit our school and there is that concern as much as they see the benefit of their child having a second language, they are concerned how it might affect their, their mother tongue uh, or, you know, going forward in life, you know, when they're two, three years old, is it going to be confusing? Are they going to have speech delays? Um, You know, are they going to start talking later? Is it going to impact their, their, their development in school, et cetera. So um, the answer is, no, um, it will, you know, your child will not suffer, your child will not be confused. And what you what you probably will see, what most likely most parents see is, you know, if, if they enroll their child in our school, let's say at two years old, is that, you know, at two years old, children are starting to learn to speak anyway. So they're learning to speak in their native tongue, and then they're also learning to speak in our school in French or Spanish. So what happens sometimes is that the children will mix up the languages when they first start learning. So, um, you know, you might have a child at two, three years old that says, you know, quiero más juice. 
you know, I would like more juice. You know, the word juice just pops in their head in English, not necessarily in Spanish, you know. But, you know, this this is a really normal part of becoming bilingual, um, you know, and, and studies have shown that, you know, the children are learning the same amount of words and phrases appropriate for their age. Is that in one, two or three languages? Um, so, no, it is not. It is not confusing. There are there are only benefits. Um, you know, there are maybe some exceptions, you know, where children have diagnosed learning needs, um, you know, where um, a therapist or um, psychologist might say that language immersion would not be the best approach, um, but it's quite rare. Um, it's quite rare to, to have those cases, you know, in, I would say, in the majority um, for ch of, of, of children and even adults, you know, learning, learning another language can only, is only beneficial. What are some of the biggest benefits of multilingual um, education? So, you know, the, the, I think the benefits is, you know, as, as we mentioned a bit before the break, it's that, you know, just the, the development of the brain. So the cognitive development, so the, the problem solving skills, the focus, uh, understanding of different language structures, a lot of skills um, are transferable. And I, I have a personal experience in, in that where my, um, you know, my, my children grew up in France and Switzerland. So their entire schooling was in French. And at home, when they were little, I was speaking Dutch to them. And then when dad was around, it was English. So they grew up with three languages. And, um, you know, English became quite dominant. My, my husband started working more from home. So we were spending a lot of time as a family. We were very privileged that that was possible when they were little. Um, and so, so the children's English became very strong in, in speaking and understanding. And then one day I sat with my son, who's about, he was about seven or eight years old at the time. So he had learned to read in French in school. Um, so he was reading quite well in French. And, um, you know, I would read books to them in English. But one day I thought, let me give him the English book and see how he does. You know, I'd never taught him to read in English, but I'm like, well, he understands, speaks, he can read in French. Let's see. So I gave him the English book and to my own surprise, he just, he read. So, you know, there were a couple of words why I had to correct him you know, where he had to learn what those sounds were, you know, sure. com combination of letters, but, but he just did. And I, and, and that showed me that, you know, a lot of these skills are transferable, um, especially when, yeah. you, especially when it's the same alphabet, you know, of course, if you're learning Chinese or Arabic, it's a different story, <laughs> but, you know, using the same alphabet, then, you know, a lot of the skills are definitely transferable. It's funny that you said that. My my daughter actually speaks Arabic and Chinese and Spanish. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. And Greek. And <laughs> so there's multiple uh and English, obviously. So there's yes. multiple um uh languages there with different um alphabets. Yes. So yes. And different writing styles. Well, she's uh, very, very lucky clearly. to have those languages. I'm sure they I'm sure that's a huge benefit in her life. Uh, absolutely. And I think what I was trying to get at is that you know, not only does it offer you better focus, cognitive development, and better problem solving and help you organize your thoughts better, but those are the skills that you need to be really successful in your job, in your work, in your life. So they really lend to a more successful life later on. And, and I think that's the most important thing. And I think that's why people do this. It's not just um, so that their children can benefit from age, you know, two to 10, it's so that they can have lifelong learning so that yes. they can see things in a different way so that they can really 
have successful careers. And, and a lot of careers these days require t- multiple languages. They, you know, mm-hmm. or at least it's, you know, a benefit if you have that other language under your belt. For sure. So, for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's talk, let's continue talking about myths. Uh, do parents mm-hmm. need to be bilingual to enroll their child in an immersion program? No, not at all. And um, I think when, so the, the uh, ISA has um, been in existence for 23 years. So the school's been around a long time. And it was originally founded by some French families who were here, um, expat contracts, were here for a number of years and went back to France after. So they wanted their children to continue in the French education. So when they went home, the children could continue. And um, a few years later, they added the Spanish program to that. And um, so I think the school, when the school was founded, it was majority expat families who wanted their children to continue in their language. However, over the years, as we all know, there are less and less expat contracts. There are less and less companies sending people around the world. And so the school has seen um, an increase in um, American families uh, coming to us, uh, Mm -hmm. simply understanding the benefit and um, you know, sometimes parents who have that regret, like I never had the chance to learn another language. So I really want this for my child because, you know, they do see what you mentioned earlier. They see that it is a huge benefit in life and it does um, open up more career options, um, you know, open up uh, travel um, studies. You know, you can converse with with different cultures, different people in, in various places. So they understand that. So we actually have a lot of families in our school where there is no French or Spanish at home. And um, and we take that into consideration. Like, you know, we take it into consideration when we send uh, work home. Um, so, you know, yes, we're a school. So we do send homework home. We're not homework heavy. Um, you know, it's about 10 minutes per grade level. So in first grade, it's about 10 minutes and then 20 minutes. And it gradually increases according to the, the grade level. And the work that is sent home is um, either English homework, you know, from their English classes, or it is a piece of work that they started in class but can complete. But, you know, the idea is that the students can complete that work on their own. We do not expect parents to sit and help and take out dictionaries, <laughs> you know, and, and, and struggle with that. So, um, no, parents, sure. do not, parents do not need to speak the language to enroll their children here. Um, and in fact, you know, parents can learn the language with their children if they're motivated. Very nice. Well, that leads me to my next question. Um, is it just as easy for an adult to learn a new language as it is for a child? That's a good question. So, you know, I like to say it's never too late to learn anything. And, um, you know, being in education, you know, we, we do have this philosophy of being lifelong learners. Um, however, you know, it, it has shown and studies have shown that, you know, learning a language before the age of 12 is a lot easier than after. Um, you know, the brain isn't fully developed yet. And in addition to that, it's your your um, mouth and, and tongue muscles are still flexible enough where you can learn to pronounce um, words in a different language. So, um we see that here, you know, we have some middle schoolers who have been with us since the age of three. And when you hear them speak Spanish, you would think they come straight out of Spain. They've like just arrived here and that's their mother tongue. They are so fluent without any accent. And that is, you know, because they did start learning it before that age. So if you're learning another language later in life, 
there's a chance that you might have an accent, but then accents are, I find very charming as well. You know, there's nothing wrong with having an accent. I know some people are embarrassed that they have accents. Uh, I know I have, I have accents in some of my languages, but I think, you know, it, it, that's just part of the beauty and the charm and it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, if, I think if you're motivated enough and you really want to, it's never too late to learn another language. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your school and your school, you said earlier, goes up to, um, it starts at 18 months and goes up to um, just before middle school, correct? No, to eighth grade. So we do have a to eighth school. grade. Okay. Yes. Yes. You have a middle school. So where do kids go after middle school? Where? So if, if I was a parent and I brought my child there and I said, okay, I want them to learn uh, Spanish, but where do they go after mm-hmm. they're done a, with middle yeah. school? That's a very good question. So um, sadly for the moment in the Valley, there is no Spanish or French immersion high school. Um maybe in the future, but for now, that's not the case. So what we've done in our middle school program is we've um, adapted the immersion a little bit and introduced more classes um, in English. So our middle school students are also doing science and math and social studies in English. um, And the curriculum corresponds to the Arizona curriculum. Um, It is more advanced, so more at at an honors level, I want to say. Um, But we are getting them ready to enter um, a U.S. high school. Um, Saying that, uh, most of our students do opt to go into the International Baccalaureate program when they enter ninth grade. Um, So a lot of our students um, actually go to Rancho Solano and enter their IB there. Um, We've had several students go to Desert Mountain up the road to do the IB program there. Um, And then we have students, you know, go to other prestigious high schools in in the area. So our our middle school program really prepares them for any any high school they would like to go to, private, um, charter or, or public. So for our listeners who don't understand what IB is or International Baccalaureate, could you talk a little bit about what the benefits of that program would be for for a student that's leaving your school to go on to another school? Sure. So, I mean, at ISA, we we are not doing the International Baccalaureate because our our focus is on immersion and, and, um, you know, having the the French and the Spanish accredited programs. Um, But our program does lead well into the International Baccalaureate. It is, the the IB was... um, was formed, I think, in the 50s um, in in Switzerland. And the idea there was that, um, again, going back to the expat community who were traveling around the world is they had a really hard time um, placing their children in schools from one country to the next and having, you know, recognized education, um, you know, from one country to another. So they wanted something unified across the world that would allow them to, you know, move around and their children could continue an education. So the IB was formed um, and there, you know, the IB exists in schools across the world. Um, It is, you know, it has its own curriculum and its own philosophy. um, But the idea is that if you're in an IB school, you can move from one IB school to the next in different countries and just continue your education until you get that diploma program. Um, And because it's international, it is recognized by universities across the world as well. Um, So it is it is a a good diploma to have if you if your intent is to study abroad. Absolutely. I think that's why both my kids decided to uh, participate in the IB program is because should they decide to go to school in Europe, they had that option. They had that available that available to them and not every 
uh, U.S. school allows you to do that. So it's, yeah. it's a really good program. And for those that do not you know, know about this program, it's offered in actual you know, schools that are state schools. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I, I think my daughter's principal said it best when she said it's a private education at a public education cost. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a very good program. Uh, both my kids went through it. Both of them ended up with scholarships. So um, I actually think very highly of the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think what we do is here is, is really um, prepares kids well to enter the, the IB at high school level. Um, one other thing, I, I, if I may, quickly. Absolutely. Um, we please. are, so, you know, we do, we do get parents who are like, oh gosh, my child is entering middle school, but they don't have the second language and that means they can't come to your school. So to, to address those families, we are actually introducing a brand new program in our middle school starting in August, so next academic year. Uh, so for any students coming into sixth or seventh grade, we're offering what we're calling the international program, um, which means they are learning their subjects in English with our you know, U.S. teachers, but we are offering um, language acquisition with our native French and Spanish teachers. So students can come um, to our school in sixth, seventh grade and um, learn French and Spanish. Um, and about 10% of their, of their time will be dedicated to learning that language. So this is a, a brand new program that we've launched. Awesome. That's, that's wonderful. How, how can someone get a hold of you to, to um, maybe register for that program? Or do sure, they go yeah. online? So anybody, they... anybody who wants to come for a tour and get more information, they can call our school. Um, the number is 480-874-2326. Or they can send me an email and the address is admissions with an S at the end. So admissions at isaz.org. Um, or visit our website for contact information, uh, www.isaz.org. Thank you. So let's talk about let's talk a little bit about what it means to be a global citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and explain to me what that means. Sure. So. Um, Global citizen is is part of our our mission and vision. And so, um, you know, we do have an ISA portrait of of a graduate um, that, you know, has several um, elements to it. And um, but the global citizen is something key for us. And um, so the Oxford Dictionary, you know, defines it as a person who is at home in any country. Um, And that says it nicely. So, you know, what does that mean being at home in any country? Well, a language be culture, um, again, being able to adapt, open-minded, being flexible, you know, all those attributes that you can think of, you know, if you go on holiday to a place, you know, what what would help you to, you know, to be comfortable. And, and, and so those are really all the attributes that we, that we want to give our students. Um, so yes, we're about, you know, learning the second language and learning about cultures, but we're also about developing the open-mindedness the multicultural understanding, um, the celebration of different cultures, and and just having our students be able to you know go anywhere in the world, um, you know, and and fit in and find their place, um, and so we do a lot of work on that. Uh, we do a lot of work with our students on, on, on presentation skills, oral presentation skills. Um, you know, if you have the chance to come visit our school, you'll see. You know, when you meet our our students, um, you know, they will talk to adults. They are happy to come up and, and talk about what they're doing in class. They understand what they're doing. They're able to articulate and communicate what they're doing in class, which is very important. 
um, you know, and our, our middle schoolers are are just, you know, such a, a wonderful, wonderful bunch of children. I mean, they are they are a pleasure to be with. I, I love taking parents on tours in middle school because, you know, it's the students that talk about what they're doing and why they love being here and, and what's so great about the school. And I think that, you know, the fact that they're able to do that is because of the education they're receiving here. Well, middle school is such a difficult time. The fact that you can offer them such a warm and wonderful experience, I think, speaks loudly as to what kind of school you have. That's that's amazing. I would have given anything to have a great middle school experience. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to go back to my middle school experience. Yes. No, that I was know. not pleasant. No, and that's, I think and the that's, thing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the <laughs> thing. No, no worries. The, the thing that I, I'm hearing you say that you're not actually saying, but the thing that I'm hearing you say is that your students have tremendous self-esteem and confidence. So, along with this immersion program, along with this language development, along with everything else that they're getting, um, they're gaining confidence. They're gaining self-esteem. They feel good about who they are. They feel good about their place in the world. They feel good about their place in their families, um, which ultimately, I think, leads to successful careers, successful families, successful uh, jobs, it, it leads itself to so much more success in life. Uh, do you see a lot of your students um, as, you know, as adults, now that the school's been around for a while, do you see them and do you monitor like their success? Do they come back and tell you, hey, I'm now the CEO of such and such business? Or, you know, how, how do you know that they're being um, successful? That's a good question. So we're actually in the process of setting up an alumni club. Um, the school hasn't in the past done that. Um, you know, our, our middle school is fairly new. This is our uh, fifth year or sixth, fifth or sixth year now that we have middle school. And um, so we are following uh, some of those students that completed middle school here. Um, you know, the older ones are, you know, are graduating from, from high school and going into college. And, um, you know, when we speak to them and say, you know, do you feel that ISA you know, was beneficial to you going into high school and with colleges. And, you know, the, 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 the answer is yes, absolutely. So the biggest thing that they, um, they talk about is the fact that coming into high school, that they've noticed that a lot of the other students were very uncomfortable presenting and speaking um, and working on projects independently um, you know, and all those skills you need to, to be successful in high school and later in college. So um, they say that is a huge advantage. And then, of course, just having that second language coming into high school. I mean, you know, you go straight into an honors class. You can do your AP exam quickly, you know, which gives you which frees up, you know, that language. So you could maybe, you know, start another language or do a different class. So, you know, that that advantage is there as well. Um, so they are very successful, you know, in, in high school and, you know, therefore, you know, college colleges are, are open, any, you know, college choices are, are there for them as well. Absolutely. And, and choosing the right college, I think lends itself to a good solid career. So you're definitely helping your, your students become absolutely amazing and wonderful human beings that contribute to society in a successful way. So I, I love what you do. And um, we have just a couple minutes left before we end the show today. I want to thank you for being on the show. Um, it was absolutely wonderful talking to you. And if you don't mind giving your information out once again, so that if anyone does want to talk to you about the school or would like to get a tour, um, how could they do that? 
Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, My you know, pleasure. I, I, I love talking about this. This, you know, this subject is is dear to me, um, you know, personally, but also professionally. Um, so, yeah, anybody who would like to know more about our school, please feel free to get in touch with me. Um, the phone number is 480-874-2326. Um, you can also send me an email, admissions at isaz.org. Or visit our website, www.isaz.org. And um, we are located in Scottsdale on Violinda. So, yeah, please contact me and I would be happy to show you our campus. Yeah, and that is Scottsdale, Arizona. So thank yes. you, thank you, thank you. This has been absolutely a pleasure. Um, and then for those of you who are interested in contacting me, please uh, feel free once again to go to my website. You can go to executive functioncoachaz.com. On that website, you can find a place where you can subscribe to our magazine, which just launched um, on the 10th of January. So um, it's a pretty uh, amazing um, lineup of, of writers. So, um, and it's a free magazine, it's digital. So if you'd like a copy, uh, feel free to send me an email and I'd be happy to send you one. Uh, the email is fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And you can get a hold of that also through my website. So you can go to executivefunctioncoachaz.com, which is my website. And um, you can look at our radio show there, our podcast. You can go onto the YouTube channel as well as subscribe to the magazine. So uh, we would really love for uh, you to have a copy of that magazine and we would love for your feedback um, on the magazine as well as the radio show. If you have anything in particular that you'd like us to talk about on the radio in the future, uh, once again, you can send me that information as well. If you're interested in being a writer in the magazine, uh, we would love that and we would love to chat with you about that. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, we would love to chat with you and see if that's an appropriate uh, uh, option as well. So um, I really want to uh, once again send a shout out to those Chinese uh, listeners. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. And um, if you are interested in a free consultation, you can call me at 480. 480- Seven zero. I'm sorry, 480-648-1122. And we will be in touch next week. Dr. Bonnie Kaplan will be um, coming to talk to us. Um, she is from Cumming School of Medicine. Um, she is from Canada. So we look forward to chatting with her next week and uh, have a fantastic week. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.